What is going on, guys? So welcome to the first episode of the Bodybuilding Prospect with me and Alex. Um, yes, today's first episode is not going to be anything uh, too specific, just us rambling, giving you a little introduction into us, who we are as coaches, uh, jump onto some questions later, and a little bit about why we started the podcast. So the idea behind Bodybuilding Prospect is we spoke about it for about a year now, and there's not really a platform for amateurs of any level really to come on and discuss their experiences whether it's from coaches to bodybuilding to diets to heads anything goes and it's the idea is for this to be a place where you could have anyone on here competitor going into competing or not the variety is there and we want to be able to create a platform for that as well as you know some pro athletes great coaches give people an insight into the bodybuilding world as a cop that is and essentially just opening that door for people to be welcome. Anyone is welcome. So if you are listening from anywhere, anywhere in your position as an athlete, then you may find yourself breezing with us on here at some point. And obviously we really look forward to that. As well as trying to dive into as much educational content as we can, but we don't want to keep it boring for you guys because there's, no, there's, there's enough people out there doing that. I mean, just go check out my YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Al, tell, about, them, tell them a little bit. I was going to go for... Um, the best thing about our relationship as coaches and athletes is, and obviously good friends, we don't agree on everything. And I think that is perfect because you have the bro and the science. Um, we both have different views on a lot of things, which I think that makes our relationship so special is we won't disagree and nod our heads, but yeah, yeah, that sounds all right. Oh, that sounds all right. You know, there's so much more to it and it creates you know diversity in between it and we can see, from different views, not just trying to play devil's advocate all the time or anything like that. It's know, being able to discuss and be open. And, you know, we are open about what we talk about, of course, in the bodybuilding world. Um, we've learned from some great sources over the years and in increasing our knowledge, obviously, as we go on. I think it even comes down to our, our, our individual coaching, like how we come across yeah. right, everything is so different. I think this will be an opportunity as well for anyone listening that is thinking of getting a coach, the kind of path mm -hmm. they want to go down. And the kind of coach they're looking for, because you'll see from from these podcasts that's come out, um, me and I are very, very different in our approach. Um, and it'll give you a chance to decide really what kind of person you feel you resonate with. Not not just picking mm -hmm. between us, but coaches in general, because they kind of fall into, you know, one or two categories, more or less, like big, big categories. Yeah. You either got the bro or you got the the evidence-based science guys, yeah. experience mm -hmm. versus uh, um, PubMed. <laughs> yeah PubMed obviously the PubMed heroes out there I mean I know some people can read one study and think they know it all and then you have those obviously have years of experience and going into studies of course George is definitely more destined for that side um, for the interest so um, obviously my experience in experience is what I love and I love talking to people and seeing first time first time sorry first hand experience and that can explain a lot even though it's kind of, it's very vague a lot of it but a lot of explanations in bodybuilding can be argued with, yeah, but it works, you know, and there, <laughs> there is that part to it. And that is the, that is the worst response. I hate that response because you can't deny it. <laughs> it worked, but it shouldn't. Yeah, it works, but it shouldn't. But yeah. you can't argue it because it does work because X, Y, Z individual proved it. But then again, X, Y, Z individual did it a different way and it still works. So, you know, there's a million ways to skin a cat and obviously that is bodybuilding and why we love it. I think that's 99% um, of your, your response to me is, yeah, but it worked. 
Yeah, but it works. I, I can't <laughs> answer it, mate. I haven't got any studies to show you, but it damn works. Um, one thing to go on to, I think, would be good is obviously who we are, obviously, as people, people that don't know us, no friends, family, or athletes, coaches that don't know us. Um, so, obviously, go obviously start for myself, because I can only talk about myself. Um, uh, I am a master model competitor. Um, fortunately enough, I became a world champion in a federation last year called Pure Elite. Um, I've been competing for three years now, moving on to my fourth um, journey from becoming a fitness model, um, working up in the fitness federations, becoming their, their pro version, which don't get me wrong, before anyone slides in and starts trying to slag anyone off. We obviously do know the pro versions of these federations are very different in levels to, say, the IFBB. Just to put that in there before someone starts kicking off their phone. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I became a Muscle Model World Champion last year, which was great, an achievement that I set out three years ago. And I'm currently moving into open bodybuilding within the next two years. Um, obviously the step up and you know, following on the career pathway of where the physique fits. And yeah, that is, that is where I'm going. Yeah, uh, I am George, I'm an online coach. Uh, I kind of say I specialize more so on the pet and enhancement side of things. That is where my interest lies per se, should I say, as a coach. Um, I was toying around with the men's physique uh, for a couple of years, um, and I'm now an aspiring classic competitor. I will be stepping out on my first classic debut at some point in the 2022 uh, season, now that I've built a set of legs. Which yeah. I definitely have done in that time. I mean, one thing, if people don't really know George like I do, George doesn't think he's going to be good enough I guess or at some point to maybe do anything or anything like that but it's on me to make sure that I see it gets done you know I've supported this guy since you know when he didn't have legs for those that did know um and now he's put was it four and a half inches on them in the last year alone actually it's less than a year nine months technical pardon nine months nine months and yeah. that is due to some extreme focus on training Heads, food, and being uh, what became known as Mr. 100%, which we'll go into in the future about our experiences with coaches and how things change and how development seems to go side by side with effort when it comes to all variables being controlled in bodybuilding. Um, and yeah, I, think, again. I think for me, so much. the thing for me was I fell in love with coaching before I fell in love mm -hmm. with bodybuilding. I fell in love with helping people before I set myself goals and, and wanted, you know, what could I do? It was always straight away, it was all about. You know, just just that buzz that you get from helping someone achieve something that you can't describe. It. It's, it's it's pride, but it's not because you're not. It's not like a negative connotation. It's just yeah, it, it fills you with so much joy and reward being able to help these people achieve what they didn't think they could. That's where my kind of mantra, realize your potential, come from. I'm sure at some point, mm -hmm. like Alex's future episodes and stuff will cover a lot deeper. Uh, there'll probably be a point we can go back through my background. Uh, yeah, of course, and, because and, it's real. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's all truth behind um, what, what these things have come out. You'll uh, you'll see kind of how we've the, the journey's gone and kind of moulded us into who we are. Yeah, because you can easily you can easily forget where you started. You know, as an overweight kid in school, self conscious things like that, and all of a sudden this guy's on a pair of pants on a stage flexing. You know, where did that come from? And that is why I think some people may think they may not, not want to do it or be able to do it because, you know, oh, I'm just, I'm just a guy who goes to the gym, right? I'm, I, I couldn't do that, but I've seen guys do it, done it myself, fell in love with it. And now it's a career aspiration to make this my life. 
you know we live this life day in day out because we love it and maybe there's gonna be someone who listens here who is in that position that we were in you know wanting to get into it but didn't know the steps and you know who to go to for guidance and we can only do our best to talk about our experience and who we've worked with and who we've seen who we like and also we'll say who we don't like you know there are individuals out there that not everyone agrees with. everyone's got different methods so that we don't like them because they're an, an arrogant ass i was a person or anything like that but as in there are different methods and ways and approaches but yeah just loving no, i'll you, never you know? i'll never not like someone because they've got a different view or a different you know outlook for no. me for me it is when they're arrogant assholes i can't stand yes it. Yes, as we have. There's a million and one ways. There's so many different ways you can skin a cat in bodybuilding. People prove that day in, day out. Not every single one way. You know, it's not generic. There's millions of different approaches to how you get stage really, off-season approach and stuff. You know, I've got my way. Alex has got his way. You know, Joe blogged down the road. He's got his approach. Uh, But just don't be an arrogant arsehole, please. Mm. Please. I think a good thing to go to is a question. Um, When you are... This obviously aimed at you. As you are obviously going to be an athlete, how do you feel you should act as an athlete? Sorry, as a coach, if you are an athlete, does that, that make sense? I don't look at myself as an athlete, though. I look at myself as a coach. Okay. I, find, I find it hard to put myself in that in that position. Yeah, I know I'm going to be stepping on stage. And I'm going to be doing all the same things athletes does, but it will still be a case for me of just I've just got to lead from the front. Yeah, coach first, athlete second. Yeah, so, that's always the way with me. See, that's see, that's interesting. Another view. It's funny enough that we don't. Realize. I would say I'm an athlete first and a coach second. Um, that doesn't mean by any means I look at my clients lower than anything, but what they deserve, obviously, as a client paying for their service. But as in, with the aspirations that go with it, yours maybe. I'm not assuming anything here that your goals go higher in the coaching world of where you want to be. Whereas mine may be more steered towards the athlete world and where you can go as an athlete. And that's just, that's pride and ambition and wanting, you know, and that's, that's my view on it. And, and you know, it's just. Exactly that though. Since, since day dot, when I started coaching, I've always said like, I, I, oh, don't care about saying it now. I want to turn someone pro. That's my first, mm-hmm. big, that's my big uh, milestone. Yeah. I'm <laughs> a bit away from it now. Um, yeah. It's out there. That's where I want to go. And when I've, whenever I've been asked, like, where do you want to go as an athlete? I've always said, like, I, I don't know as far as I can go yeah. whilst you haven't worked still, out yet. Yeah. being healthy, you know? I've never mm. I never woke up and been like, oh, I want to be Mr. O. I've never had that thing in my head. Yeah. I think um, anyone, what I love about this world is someone may easily look at a statement or an opinion and be like, why would someone say something like that? Obviously, this is me looking on the outside here. This guy here has just said that he wants to turn someone pro. Um, obviously, there are coaches out there in this world that have been doing it now 10 years, and now they're doing that. You know, Did they voice it that all those years ago? Someone may remember, for example, the individuals such as maybe um, a Jamie Drago, Jason Long, um, Joe Jeffrey, um, uh, go away some random coaches here, Matt Jans and things like that, you know. And now these guys are living that life. Do you reckon they voiced it back in the day? They probably did. Maybe they did. Like, like for example, I've had a coach tell me he wants to be the greatest coach in the world. That's his goal, and that's pretty. It's ballsy to say, right? But who's to say it's not going to happen? It's no different than someone turning around saying they want to be Mister Olympia. Exactly. Of course. And there's nothing maybe we can go into. Your, what's your view on someone, say an athlete, saying they want to become pro? Like, 
anyone, an athlete, full on saying there, this is my famous saying, my road to the pro. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I say to clients because I always ask, you know, straight away, first, first consultation call, what is the goal here? I don't care how big uh, it is. You tell me what you're, you know, what is the end game here? So we can, we can look at being realistic. And if someone yeah. says to me, they want to turn pro, I will literally turn around to them and go, right, well, how do you know what a pro does? Because that's how you've yeah. got to act before you get there. You've mm. got to be doing everything the pro is doing when you're an amateur and not reaping the mm. rewards and the benefits from it. But you've got to be doing that groundhog day, day in, day out. Same as what Rob, mm-hmm. uh, Team LRF, Rob Whitfield has said. You've got to be acting like a pro before you're a pro, yeah. otherwise you won't get there. And it's one thing to quickly go into, um, another thing that Rob Whitfield told me when I started. Um, he said, people that want to compete. And he said, oh, there's a one way to find out if you are going to be ready to compete at some point is set yourself a diet of X, Y, Z and a training plan and stick to it for four weeks straight without breaking it. That means no off plan, just stick to it four weeks straight and that will prove to you. That, that means literally if you pick up a dairy milk or anything like that in that four weeks, then you're not ready, you know, because if you can't stick to it for four weeks, how can you stick to a 16 to 24 week prep, maybe even longer, you know, whatever your prep time is. Um, and that was just a great thing that I got told literally on day one when I started to look at getting to competing as just, you know, an overweight guy in the gym asking, oh, what is competing? What is bodybuilding, you know? And this is what was told to me. Another thing as well, because if someone comes to me and says, or you know, it's anyone just voices they want to be a pro. Sometimes you got to be realistic in in your own potential, Uh, and Mm -hmm. that often means going to people higher up. And it doesn't mean having some coach just give you some bullshit. Oh yeah, bro, I'll turn you turn you pro just so you jump on their roster and you're paying them money. It means going to people that have turned physiques pro. And trying to get a couple of minutes of their time just to actually look at you and go, in an yeah. honest opinion, do you have it? Yeah, maybe in yeah. you know insertion points, size, genetic structure, blah blah blah, yeah. for the different you know whichever federation, whichever category mm. you're aiming for. But mm. go and find out. Go and ask people. Don't just stand there and get your mates to gash you up and be like, yeah, you look sick, bro. You can be pro. Yeah, yeah. Actually, find some some valid eyes to look mm. over you. That's and one then, thing. It'll stop you from, uh, it'll stop you from disappointment if you spend all yeah. your life having someone blowing smoke up your ass, thinking you're going to make yeah. it. No, because mm-hmm. that's not a nice place to be. I think the the problem with a lot of individuals is you'll have 16, 17, 18 year olds in the gym, the young guys in the gym, messaging you saying, "Oh my god, this is going to be pro worthy at some point." I've seen it, and I've seen guys put it on their <laughs> stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like. But mate, does that does that get through to you? Is that is that a true belief? You know, and you need some real people in your circle. Like, I'll name one person from our gym. He keeps it real with me. He has done for the last three years. Name Luke. You know, Luke. <laughs> um, Luke missing. He has always told me there is always more to be done to the package that I've brought. You know, and that's real. And here's the thing: with bodybuilding, you're not always going to like the answers. What needs to be done? Yeah. And for example, I know he's had conversations with guys before and said you need a year off season to build up your back. And the guy didn't like it. You know, Luke, bullshit. He does not bullshit, and because he doesn't lie, you need yeah. more Luke's in your in your circle. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, because he, he, I, even... I know. Sorry, I'll just jump this last one. Um, I know at any point in a prep, I could message him, and I know he'd keep it real with me. I don't care if it's one day out. I don't care if it's an hour from stage. You are you want the truth? 
He'll you message a guy like that, and you will get it. You yeah. will get it. But he's, he's not one of them that just talks shit about people because he he understands his own no. points. He, he's the same. The how how he judges himself is how he's like any competitor. So he mm. just maybe even more so to himself. The yeah yeah, mm. Matt, yeah. Obviously, he's a guy who can bring a level. You know, he's he's proved it year on year on year. And this is not chewing anyone's ass here, but you know if if you can voice it, then those guys should be able to bring it themselves, which someone like he does. Just leading it back um, to that, um, you know, voicing your goals and pro talk thing. Yeah, yeah. That's not that's not any negative shade of people having big aspirations and big dreams. Fuck no, me. If that's what you want to try and do, then chase it. Mm. But just be a bit methodical in how you chase it. Yeah. Don't go chase I mean, it. I had it. I had it from an 18-year-old client messaged me saying he said he wanted to be pro, you know, and we've had some deep chats about things and told him purely straight because from that moment on, the vibe changes. Like, like yes. someone who sends a bland half-assed check-in doesn't really know if he how accurate he's been to his diet that week, not logging his training, not keeping on things, kind of floating around, doing wasn't going out for a drink every now and then. Does that sound like what a pro does? You know, fair play that the guy could be maybe a decade off the goal being real, depending on what division. Um, but it's purely simple. If you're gonna you're gonna voice that, that that will get to me and be like, like, mate, you really need to rethink things, structure things, because you don't say that to me, it means it looks as bad as saying like, I've never said it. And guys that have said it that are on the edge that we've come across, it's like, yeah, like fair play this guy this guy is the real deal like he probably will you know he's been you know he's at his maybe eight year nine year decade point of competing and you can see the physique is phenomenal yeah. and you're like yeah this can happen but when you're so far away fair play hats off that you can say it but act like it you know yeah. because make sure you make sure your goals align with your actions mm. which i can talk from personal experience i've full-on sat there for 30 minutes on my own in my own head after a call with my coach um, and going through, did I want my goal? Did I want the next step in my competing career? And it sorted a lot of things out, being told things straight like that, because at any point he, I could have been gassed yeah. and be like, ah, oh, yeah, man, just all right, get back on it next week, all that. But what if that happens three weeks in the course of seven weeks of progress? You know, you've lost, you haven't lost maybe, but you haven't, but you progressed this much when you could have made a nice leap. You know, you, you, if it's your feature verse, might be the word to use, but you take that over, say, a year and then onto three years. You know, how many days have you missed? How many days have you gained? And you'll see the guy who is more genetically gifted be working harder and progressing more. So you may be X individual who's got X genetics. You're working at a slow rate. There are guys who are better genetically gifted than you that are working harder than you. And that's what I was told. And that's fact. That is fact because bodybuilding. There is always someone better, and some of them don't even have Instagram, so you don't even know what these guys do. And I love those guys because they don't gas, they don't care about stories, they don't care about followers. Who was the they last love the game? Um, there was there was one from Eastern Europe somewhere. He come out the woodwork, some dusty, dirty, yeah. backward gym. Come out and absolutely, absolutely storm the super heavies. Like, no, yeah. I think he had like an Instagram. He had like fifteen followers or something. He come out everywhere. Yeah. I saw it. I saw it at um, Muscle Contest Ireland. I think it was 2018. You had a lot of guys from the UK yep. gunning, in quotes here, for pro cards. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of gas. And I think there was like three or four um, Arab guys, I'm not sure what country they were from. And well, you know, no one ever heard of them. 
the 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 younger Camel Crew guys, weren't they? When that it was might all, have been. I, mean, was all sure. I didn't know who they were, and you know they turn up, storm the floor of everyone, and it's like, oh, where's the gas gone? You know. Yeah. But that's bodybuilding. That's what I love about it. Same as the Arnold's, the guy that won um, his pro card um, from the heavyweights. You know, I didn't know who this guy was. No one knew who this guy was, but he was phenomenal. Yeah. You know, he's he'd beaten one of the best athletes in the country was um, Greg Taylor, Scottish Titan. Um, he, I thought, was the man for it. The glutes. Pardon? The glutes. Mr. I pull from the floor every day in the shows. Fucking on. mental. Yeah, for those who don't know him, um, Greg Taylor, Scottish Titan, Instagram, he's a phenomenal athlete if no one follows him. If you don't, um, you do. Yeah. What questions can we go into now? One of the ones we got pinged over earlier. Oh mate, there's um wait, we've actually got quite a few here. Okay. There was one that was dark. Uh let's let's kick it off with a nice one. Nice little story time. How did you both become friends? <laughs> um <laughs> you, you take this one. Should we, should we do the, the first time we ever saw each other? We'll start off with that one, then we'll go to the one outside the gym. <laughs> so uh I used to um, back in the day, uh back in the uh the sesh days. I was always at the pub every every weekend, uh, and there was this one. I was still going to the gym. I done like I done like one little cycle. Um, used to think I was the shit, you know, proper little jumped up ego kid, uh, wearing tight tops at the pub, you know, in, in these fucking designer garments, thinking he was the shit. And uh, I walked into the the local. And he was strutting about, thinking I was the man. And then I clocked out the corner of my this this guy it was he was just, he was just a semi lump. He, he was pretty he was big he was bigger than the average fella he just had some big arms to be honest and I kept looking at him thinking who's this dickhead in my fucking pub who's this dickhead and I know damn well because we spoke about it he was thinking the exact same thing when I walked in in my tight shirt with my arms out we yeah. spoke about <laughs> whatever he said to his friends I said to my friends <laughs> but the problem was I knew all your uh, Nathan and Lewis and I knew them all yeah oh but yeah that was their first time we ever saw each other um, properly and then it was just one of those things of we're in the gym you know you train at a similar time and we walked out of the gym together this is when George had hair bear in mind um, Ooh, long time ago. and we were like um, so oh, do you want to train again tomorrow and well this time blah blah yeah go on then and then just kind of since then we were training partners for best part of a year um, under Jace with the oxygen program Ooh. which was probably the funnest off season I've had up to date until now, recent days. Um, and it was called oxygen program for a reason. And we yeah. needed lots of it. It worked for you quite fucking well. It worked, it worked for me. It was perfect for me. You know, I could, I, I grew a lot that year and hate like a pig. So yeah, it did. But it worked. All it did for me was throwing my CNS, but I weren't letting you fucking, I weren't letting you beat me in the session. So I had to going to lose. And that's what one thing quickly going with training partners is if you have a training partner, I, for me personally, I liked that we could go shop for shop on movements. So shop for shop for me is literally you've got three plates on the bar. He can do three plates as well. You're not, say if you're training with your girlfriend, we all know how, when, like, say you're doing leg press, you know, you've got to take off, you know, 10, 12 plates um, just to, you know, get down to what you need. And that's not ideal. You know, it's not as fun. But it is great to have someone at your sort of level. I don't care if they're a competitor or not. Like, there's a rugby lad at our gym, Ben. He's super strong. You know, and I like to train with guys like that yeah. purely because 
you know, they're strong as hell and they're stronger than me on movement. Same as he was, oh, but you're stronger than me on this movement. But I'm like, yeah, but I want to beat you in every, oh. <laughs> you know, I want to beat you in every movement. And healthy competition. That's not an ego thing. Yeah, you need so, it. Yeah. Healthy competition, man, in, in everything. You just need that. Because we but, have it. Yeah, even we now. The even now. Competition. <laughs> oh. Yeah, our, um, our competition's great because we had a, we're going to the bet that we had this year. Um, yeah, we had the bet of who of who would get to 110 kilos first. Um, unfortunately, I got too fat in my off season too fast. Um, I got up to 108.4 and got pulled back down, um, resensitized, you know, pull off unnecessary body fat, prepare for another push. Um, purely because I felt like a potato at that weight at five foot nine. You know, it's not and I'd never been that heavy. You know, that was it was very heavy, very quick, obviously on the joints and things like that. And obviously, there are health implications going alongside of that, which if I was to continue on, that may have affected me in the future. Um I'd, uh, and obviously I'd George definitely George had Penn. height and structure on my size though. Oh, of course. It was a bit easier for me to get to that weight. I hit 113.2, my heaviest of the offseason. It didn't look but awful. I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna put that progress down to just you being bigger structurally. There was uh, a lot that people don't know that went into that from the eyes of work rate and not missing a beat and becoming the king of primo. God <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, that was a lot of primo. That's not an advocate. For, that's not an advocate for you know drugs and everything, man. The reason I, I've taken more, I've taken a lot more PDs and enhancements. <laughs> in the past and not made nowhere near the same progress as I made mm -hmm. this one off season. That was simply... Go on to Stack Design. Huh? Go on to like, dabble on Stack Design for people. That's a separate podcast, G. We, we got right. to bring, bring in the big guns for that. Okay, yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, Because that'll be know. a time of where I sit there and learn. And I've already planned note. that one. I've already planned it. Yeah. The message has been sent. Perfect, because that'll be if it's the guy I'm thinking of, then it's going to be amazing. Yeah, that'll be nuts. Um, but no, for me, just being 100% and not you claiming you're being 100% or thinking you're doing enough, actually, meals to the fucking milligram, not mm -hmm. the beat. You're not just hitting, you get to a point, you know, where you have off plan meals. No, you've got a macro track that off plan meal so that it fits in with your calories of the off season. So you're not. You're not getting to the end of the week and then ramming in double burger, two large chips and a milkshake at five guys like I used to, which is easily 5,000 yep. calories. You're macro yep. tracking that meal to work in with the 5,000 calories you're eating in a day anyway because you can't jeopardise getting too fat too quick because it's going to slow your off nope. It's going to fuck your off season. That's how anal I was for that whole period because I tried, I tried how Alex made a massive jump when we was with our old coach in that year. And it wasn't 100%. He was just, you know, enjoying himself, still making some, you know, balance, still find that time to have that balance and stuff. But that just didn't work for me. So I had to step it up again. I had to find what worked. For me, don't miss a beat. And I, I preach this to everyone now because you take someone like Alex that can, can have balance and still make progress, what the fuck can they do if they don't skip a beat then? Mm -hmm. Silly. Go through... Um how much mass you put on over the last year 60 pounds plus 60 pounds it was it was and that's uh, not 30 30.3 kilo i believe mm -hmm. i went from eight uh i was 79 at my lightest and smallest go through what what phase you were at beforehand 
obviously lining up perfectly for this slingshot, as you will. Uh, so I was prepping for the September shows of 20, just before COVID. It was, no, it was the year COVID hit. It was 2020. Uh, we was getting ready. The show kept getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. Did a little photo shoot in the middle when we had that little uh, lockdown break. Uh, and then we was back into prep mode for the back end of the year. I think our total was, I think it was saying silly, like just over a year of dieting or something, of, of actual, not not into a calorie surplus, had a little maintenance window somewhere in the middle, but just high fatigue, high stress. Uh, by the end of the year, COVID hit again. I, I wasn't chancing staying in prep mode. So I come out of that. Uh, I spent two months uh, kind of coaching myself um, and just kind of, re well, reversing out of the diet. I was just being very, very meticulous in how I rebounded from the diet phase into my growth phase. Uh, and then I got in contact with Joe, had to fix a few um, skin conditions. I suffered with acne very, very bad because I wasn't controlling any of my oxidative stress on previous cycles or push phases, blasts, if you will. And um, got Joe in to help me on the health front, uh, kind of fix my skin. And from the minute he dropped some knowledge bombs on me in a 30-minute in a consultation call, uh, that was it. Signed up to him. Uh, and then it was Operation Legs from there on out. I think I started with Joe at 83 kilos and we finished that push at 113.2 was the heaviest. In that, I think I had one, uh, one mini cut, not for fat loss or because I got too fat, but because you can only hound a specialization block on a large muscle group like the legs or back for sort of three, maybe four mesos if you've got the recoverability rate. But after a while, you've got to wash off that fatigue more so than just a deload. You've got to spend sort of four weeks of, of maintenance volume, really freshen up that resensitization block before you push again. That was thrown in the middle there somewhere. Uh, so it wasn't just straight growing. There was a little a little uh, four to six week break in the middle there. Um, and yeah, that landed us to here today, four and a half inches up on the legs from when we started. And uh, from Joe, I think it was 30 kilos. Yeah, the number's 30 kilos. So yeah. And I think this one we've been going to is, when is the best time to go into a growing phase and what are, why, why was this so successful is, the fact of his consistency and accuracy to the gram and obviously milligram um, going obviously in all realms of anabolics, food, training, everything taken advantage of, including sleep, you know, um, keeping on blood pressure, resting heart rate, blood glucose, all the variables you possibly could have, I can guarantee they were taking control of in this time. And obviously trusting who you were, obviously the aura ring as well, um, and trusting who you were guided by. And that is a major step and key in bodybuilding is are you trusting the individual leading your journey? And obviously as a coach, you are the individual who is leading that journey and how you put your trust in someone, you do everything they say and you see if it works. And when it does, the results phenomenal as this last year has seen. But I mean, the, the minute, so I, I was battling acne for uh, best part of a year. Al saw how bad it did get. And I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm not a, um, you know, I'm not stupid. I, I spend a hell of a lot of time doing my own research, looking into things. And I tried what I thought was everything under the book to try and fix it. Um, and it Go yeah. through the dermatologist as well. Uh, you mentioned who you were seeing. I went to see uh, two NHS dermatologists who 
tried all of the the different like acne medications you can take um creams uh, medications all leading up to the one prior to accutane uh, went to see a private dermatologist as well straight away all he said to me was yeah let's jump you on accutane which i knew i didn't want to do because using peds and enhancements i didn't want to add that extra stress and extra uh, extra damage onto the liver uh, it's a vitamin a derivative super super uh, toxic for the body in high dosages which is why you have to get your liver checked once a month whilst you're taking it plus the doc- dermatologist give it a fucking ridiculous dosage you shouldn't mm-hmm. be taking 60 to 80 milligrams or higher of fucking Accutane. It's ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Um, so Joe spent half hour with me on a consultation call, taught me about oxidative stress, the things that I wasn't considering, looking at um, the overproduction of free radicals in the body, how to control that with supplementation first. Obviously, dietary intervention for a natural individual would be first port of call, but for someone using enhancements, simply what you eat, uh, so like blueberries, things like uh, coniferous vegetables, the um, cruciferous vegetables, sorry, uh, that are going to help bring down oxidative stress, antioxidants. They're not going to be enough for someone in super physiological uh, doses of hormones. So you need to control it by supplementation. Took me through all the ropes, taught me everything, uh, and literally fixed my acne within the best part of three months. Like from from day from week one, there was improvements every single week. Uh, at one point, we did use uh, five milligrams of microdose of Accutane just because mine was extremely severe. But again, my blood work come back the best it's ever been, even using Accutane. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it just goes to show you what the dermatologists actually know. Uh, even though, yeah. uh, you know, I had that conversation with them that, yeah, I am using pro-hormones, peds and enhancements. And their answer was, well, just don't take them. If you come off of them. Just don't take them, yeah. And it's like, yeah, but I'm trying to be a bodybuilder, man. What are you not yeah. understanding here? So what I can say is seeing this firsthand, when you see an individual with severe acne and you see how it's playing on their mental state when it comes to thinking of becoming a bodybuilder, you know, when you're showing your physique and, you know, why would he not want to show a back shot? Because he had a severe case of acne. And I even sometimes forget how it used to look. And you see it now where there is minimal. And I mean, going from one of the top end nine out of 10 at severe scale, you know, causing discomfort, always pain, obviously, the, know, dead, the, deadlift, that, you know. the deadlift explosions yeah the deadlift explosion you know with the blood on the t-shirt and things like that and obviously there are individuals out there who may listen to this that have this same thing and this is what i love about obviously going for personal experience because when you see someone's gone through something solved it figured it out it is going to be helpful you know we have another individual i think it's jamie that obviously mentioned before um and obviously had the same thing that you have and obviously you can only recommend to go to the individuals that solved it in the first place you know your first-hand experience but at least what was crazy to see how like it was that bad and now you see it as nothing it's like how it, and then going for it still being on cycle still being bodybuilding so it's still, still doing bodybuilding and still seeing it come together it, it will blow your mind and it, then it blow your mind starting from that bottom rate that off season escalating the dosage is quite high and it's still yeah. not coming out and Further. not starting again yeah Further than what he was using previously of over anabolics with zero effect. What's another cue we can go into? Um, what makes you both different as coaches? I'll let you lead on that. I'll one. roll on this one. Go on. So our difference is, like I've said before, this is what this kind of a funny little name as well is that you have the bro and the science and 
I will happily take the role of the bro with this. And obviously George is the science, obviously finding our loves of bodybuilding and what we love to go into. And I've been so big on, I've worked in a certain way guided by certain people and it has worked quite well. And the argument always against that is, so you did this, this way, this, this way, not even to hundred percent, like with detail and accuracy that evidence-based would give you what would have happened in this time if you did focus mm-hmm. to 100% using evidence-based methods? That is the greatest argument against it. Um, obviously, I love the balance in life. We, we can go to obviously our coaching. Um, for example, if my client, my lifestyle client, wants to go out drinking at some point, my immediate thing would be, does it reflect the goal? Of course, you have to let the client know this doesn't reflect their goal. But is this balance in life? Because lifestyle was a client this is the remember it's the first word part of what the client is life and i believe the client has got to live that life and does that involve drinking on a wednesday sometimes does that involve cheeky takeaway with the missus on a thursday it does sometimes does it involve a glass of milk and a couple of cookies sometimes sometimes it does that is that is what ordinary guys do grafters office workers carers working off their feet railway workers tarmacers businessmen wherever you wherever you name it they will all have their moments of balance and it is my job to help them find that perfectly whether they don't like me at the start or not i have a client james who i said to him i don't think you liked me at the start of this but it was on my it was on me to tell you what was needed and now the guy's in the best shape of his life you know and we are still pushing past that and he's like no, no i didn't it's not that i didn't like you i was like no, no i was just joking at that point but as in as a coach you have to go for those stubborn points of guidance showing like yeah mate, i don't need you drinking at tuesday at the golf club I don't need you doing that you know can you go play golf have a pepsi and then go home can can you try it this week for me just see how i see what happens have a drink on saturday you know with the off plan push it to there and then obviously overall caloric intake of the week works out perfectly and the man drops kilo and a half boom happy oh wait that's what happens when i when i have so i can still drink just oh oh so i can progress and you know they're, they're, they're mind boggled by it and it's just on me to be the stubborn one and you know guide them obviously through that process and show them that life can have balance and you can still progress but obviously that's for lifestyle alone so you go you go yeah, that, yeah that's the difference <laughs> if one of mine says oh sorry i had a drink midweek i'll just say well that's not good enough you know the rules you know the expectations <laughs> see this is my this is my yeah, but see i have standards expectations that they need to yes. read before they coach yes. so they know what they get into and if they don't meet them then it's a it's a free you know the free strike policy and you're out. Yes, I will sir. tell you firstly there's the it's not like a warning but we're going to talk about why this is a problem okay because you obviously don't understand why it's a problem so we'll talk about it and I'll say to you alcohol is going to drive up the most amount of oxidative stress from anything you could do or fuck it I'd rather you go and get on a session and not drink <laughs> just like just hypothetically it's going to do less damage than you drinking alcohol <laughs> um, but that is not what you're paying me to do you're paying me to give you a service and do my job so i need to do that job i will allow lifestyle clients to have a drink or two max with an off-plan meal but if they're going out getting on the piss then that's a whole week wasted of my time my effort and it's not if they want to waste their time by all means no issue bro you crack on but i need i've got people that don't want to waste my time or their own that are paying for a service that they want to receive mm-hmm. and they have goals they want to achieve. And it comes down mm-hmm. to, does your goal really mean what you think it does? And I have no yeah. issue with someone coming to me and going, actually, bro, I thought I, I thought I wanted to get here. 
but I don't think I can do what it takes. If someone's going to say that, I have no issue with that. But I'll, I just won't tolerate it past that point. I understand life stuff happens, right? I can I can appreciate that people that have families, people that have got kids, sometimes the meal timers don't work out. Sometimes the gym doesn't happen because their dad's in hospital, whatever. I can, that's fine. I accept that. But you going out and having, you know, seven pints at golf, that isn't a life thing. <laughs> yeah. That's a you problem. And I'm going to call that problem. Yeah. I love it's that. not going to fly. But that's what's so great about coaching is, see, George can sit there and say that. But then he can also say, if that's the way you want to be, though, man, no. I know I know six other coaches that might be able to accept you. Yes. And then you can recommend and pass on. There is a coach for everyone. Yes. There is completely. a coach for everyone. And that's what's so great about it. Um, um, Matt, Matt Physique Collective. This is, this is someone yes. that just to drop a name in there, but he prides himself on balance. He prides himself yeah. on not coaching bodybuilders. He prides himself on, obviously he does, but he prides himself on helping busy business individuals, people that are going out on work meetings and stuff like that, where they're expected, I don't know why they're expected to drink, but they're expected to fucking socialize and have a glass of wine or is, and he, he helps them navigate that journey. It's just a very yeah. long journey to get their progress. So there is like, that's just one example. There's plenty out there that, that do it. But that's just not me. <laughs> mm. yeah, Next one. We've got, uh, when is the right time to take gear slash peds? Now, I'm, I know me and you probably have different views on this one. I will jump in, but your, your process will go a lot more in depth. Uh, this, is, this, is an, this is an ethical thing, man. This is an ethical question. Yeah. Ain't no science. Got so my view is... Should anyone who is not looking to compete in bodybuilding, fitness, in that realm, take performance arts and drugs um, to, to, to build their physique? My honest opinion is no. Um, and But on the back side of that, if you are someone who is going to take it and is not looking to compete, look at the avenues of health alongside that to make sure you are not screwing yourself over. Not listening to... The guy in the gym saying, yeah, yeah, take take 500 milligram of trend because it's going to work. You know, because that, yes, it will work, my friend. It will. It will do what it does. It says on the tin. But there are health implications alongside it. I'm sure so you yourself, you dive in a lot further than I can in these. Um, but so what's the, what's the actual question again? So make sure I'm, I'm at When it. is the right time to take? So again, okay. it's just an ethical thing, man. I'm yeah. guessing he's my, looking at like what okay. age is, is like age a thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Nah, so AIDS, we'll go alongside it. Where my, is my on the journey? That I followed was building a base. You know, you can't build a house on sand and you need to build a foundation, um, especially when it comes to building a physique. You should be in the gym. I'd say, say if you started at 16, three, four years before you even consider starting. There are guys who've done it. We know pros, friends, athletes that have done it. And they they done it the right way. Obviously, they were well involved in the sport. This is just my view on it. Um, should you have to maximise your genetic potential first naturally? No, because there will be a lot of slow process to get there. Um, should, do you have to be 25? Do you have to be 24? No, that's not my view at all. I feel if you're going to take things seriously in a competing world, then by all means, look at the right individuals to guide you and then pursue that journey don't listen to anyone in the gym who hasn't got a clue just to start xyz cycle because it works you know don't follow that route 
just because you become another arsehole that I look at, you know, and I, I don't, I'm just not a fan of that. See, I, that is very much along the lines of where I used to come from. But as, as coaching mm-hmm. has evolved and as I've had different clients coming in and out, man, ethically, I don't care whether you compete, whether you don't, or whether you bodybuild per se, or whether you're just an average gym goer. I've got no obligation mm-hmm. ethically. If you want to jump on a cycle, you want to go down that route, then, hey, who am I or anyone else to tell you no? You know, you've got plenty of people that go and risk a lot more on a Saturday night in a nightclub, taking pills and shoving shit up their nose than what you will run in a cycle. All I will say is that you go with the appropriate person who's going to guide you on that journey safely, healthfully. Mm. Um, I, I don't care what the reason is for. I don't care what the age, so long as you understand the risks, the rewards, and that aligns with whatever your goal is someone's goal might be, I want to look as sick as possible for an IB for prep and someone, or just to go IB for with the boys and someone might be sitting again. I want to turn pro mm-hmm. to, to both people. Let me just chime in there. Hoping people won't take what I've said as, because I have clients that live that life. Exactly the same thing for an IB for prep, the exact same place actually. And, but we have health on our mind here overall. And we're lucky to be connected with certain people understanding that you can go through any issue of any caliber and you can make ways around it, you know, because we have that on the mind, not just thinking, I want to get this guy a result and make him look amazing for Instagram because it's, coaching is more than that. And there are guys out there who care just about more of the image rather than the individual themselves. And so that's uh, just how they are as a person. And I just don't want to conduct myself like that. And, I've had guys who wanted to do cycles and I said, let's try this first 12 weeks without, see what we can do. And I've heard the messages saying, I am so glad that we didn't have to use PEDS for this and still achieve something great because we haven't had to mess anything around hormonally. We did it naturally. The guy's in great shape. It looks amazing. feels amazing. And we win. And we didn't have to use anabolics. That is a win. You know, obviously, whatever way you want to go with it, do you have to to get a great result? No. Would you get more using anabolics? Maybe. You know, depending on the phase yes 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 is the answer to that one you would but it doesn't have to um but yeah from an age from an age standpoint there there is no you know there is no right age or there is no wrong age this is a you what's your bottom end mate so long as i i can't say i'd be comfortable letting someone under the age of 18 doing it that's Um, to me just, just because it's it's a it's a hard time to navigate as a as a when you're that age anyway, and you don't really know what you want. Um, Not even just ethically, but for natural state of hormones, you, just don't, you don't really know what you fucking want in life. Yeah. It's silly to commit to something that is a long term thing. This is not a five minute mm-hmm. jump on, jump off, jump on, jump off. Otherwise, you will fuck yourself. This is a I'm mm-hmm. doing this for probably the next decade, 20, 30 years of my life. If you're jumping in it, you're jumping in it. Um, so yeah I don't think it's really a question for us I think you need to settle it with yourself and say you know where do I want to go and if IB for means that much to you then do it just make sure you understand the risks associated the potential health risks in the long term not just the short term and then make your decision based off of that the first thing I speak to with people when they say to me I want to do XYZ I want to go down this route so right well is this, 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 and this that could potentially happen later on in life worth the goal at hand. And if they say, yeah, then sweet, we're all good to go. But most of the time, 
unless it's I want to be a bodybuilder, when you say these things to them, they usually sway their that are oh, let me think about it for a week and they come back and say, actually, let's just crack on naturally. Yeah. Similar to what you say, a similar approach. So like you say, right, give me 12 weeks naturally and they change their mind. Yeah. Decision, I'd it's rather just, question them there and then. You're going to find out because people, they, they see their friend who does it and looks amazing in 12 weeks and they use gear. So I've got to use gear. No, you don't. Let's let's see what we can do. And you and you, and you think, well, I didn't need it. And that's like I, many things I'll say, that's a win. You know, that is a win. And I'll take wins all day, no matter how big or small. Yeah. Um, Who's right. the last one? I need to go eat. Oh, fucking hell. Have we been on an hour or so, I think? I don't know, man. I don't know. Don't know where's the, I don't know where the timing is on this thing. It doesn't really say. I can't uh, see it. We got, we, let's just do... Uh, uh, how? Uh, no, we'll do the... There's a female ped question, but we'll save that for a female ped podcast. That's a... Yep. That's a very good one. I like going into that. Uh, this one's good from uh, uh, Jan Pex. Jan Pex discuss the well discuss the importance of meal timing. I think we I think we do agree on this. Yeah, to be as fair. we've learned, we've learned different different approach over the last year, especially even after doing this so long. Do was it this question? Do meal timings just discuss the importance of? Oh, the importance. But you could put all your food in one trough and eat it throughout the day in my eyes and it'd do the same thing. I think... Same as... And I'm going to chuck in one thing here. If you're going to go on about fasting cardio, it's better for you, but I don't care. Like, calories before cardio, afterwards, I'm just going to say to me and my bro, I know that I'm going to go with the bro here. You're going to argue something. But um, to me, if the calories are going to go in, the calories are going to go in at some point in the day. And that is my view. And this is, again, why we love what we do, because George will probably say something here. Is it, is it, just bringing up that cardio point you just made there, a little bit of a tangent. Uh, as a natural individual, Sorry. completely agree. Cardio really does not fucking matter at all. You do it where you need to do it. doesn't really make much of a difference. If anything, I'd rather you not do it fasted as a natural athlete. Mm-hmm. However, if you're enhanced using certain lipolytic compounds, uh, certain fat burners, should we say, um, then there, there is efficacy to do fasted cardio so that these compounds work better. But that's, you know, enhanced natural. It's a very different meal timings. Mm. I think if you've got someone who wants to be 100% and wants to be a bodybuilder, then meal timings is going to matter. Digestion, um, sleep, optimizing that training window, you know, replenishing mm-hmm. glycogen, uh, maximizing glycogen prior to training, sipping on some, uh, you know, a nice little carb source, intra workout, and then again, replenishing glycogen as you finish post workout. But if you've got someone that is not really nailing their 100%, meal timings is pretty much stupid. You're more, you should be more concerned with actually hitting your calories and macros for the day. It doesn't matter when they are. Mm. And, and like Alex said, realistically we're talking about like a one percent not even a five percent at, at best so you've got to be doing the other 99 to get the one percent benefit from yeah. meal timings it's pointless if you're not um don't don't I'm sit thinking- there and oh well i'm eating all this uh pre-intro post-workout meal uh oh, maximizing the training window and then you're going and yamming down a five guys or a domino <laughs> like yeah oh no, it doesn't work like that yeah meal timing thing- is uh, important if you are committed 100%. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on the... We'll see. I'm taking this as a question from an individual who may struggle with this. 
Um, for example, I've worked with nurses and carers, people working in the NHS who are on their feet for the longest amount of time they even know a human being to be. And doesn't make sense to me how the industry even works to do that because they physically may not even have time in a 12-hour shift to eat. And I've seen that happen and that baffles me. Lucky enough, I'm in addition I am to be able to eat when I want to. Um, and to work things around that is tough, but these, these ladies and gents run off coffee all day and they, they will struggle to even have the minute to sit down before they're dragged away to do something else because someone's being triaged, you know, or something like that. Um, but say if you are struggling and you can't get your meals in on time, don't worry. If you can't control the variable, it's okay. You know, get the food in when you can. If you have to bite, have one bite of a bagel over the course of an hour to get it in, then get it done. If that's the only way you can do it. You know, if you're having a flat out day and you're driving everywhere, just try your best. And that's obviously on the level of where do you want to go? Do you want to be the guy who's going to be so anal with it? You want to set an alarm and get your meal in on time because it makes sense for taking advantage of anabolic windows and, you know, um, prior nutrition to training, post-workout, things like that, then fair play to you if you want to do that. But the, ana the, anabolic, me, window, the anabolic window is probably, is actually more like, it's not half hour, like some people believe, just crush a myth here. Yeah, or golden hour, things yeah. like that. You know, probably like, um, like I, a two, I, two I, three hours after training, two, three hours after training, you're still... Yeah. <laughs> as long as it gets in. For example, I have 100 grams, sorry, over 100 grams of carbs to eat post-workout. Sometimes I eat that in the morning. You know, if I'm super hungry, I'll put those carbs in breakfast because I'm feeling it. You know, I've got a lot of food to eat throughout the day. If I feel like eating those 100 grams of carbs, then, then I will. And it works for me. And that, that's what you got to ask yourself. Does it work for you? Does it work for this, this person? Do whatever works for you, man. And that, that's another thing I brought up about the, you know, career. Like, what do you do for work? Because I can say from when yeah. I was Armac, I couldn't eat six meals a day every two hours. I was having to mm. double up meals because when you got a load of tarmac turn up, Nah, sorry, bro. I let it go cold in the lorry. I'm going to just quickly yam down my foot. It didn't work like that. So yeah, meal timing needs to work around your lifestyle as well, your career, what you do in a daily basis. If you're on a shop floor working like, I don't know, Ralph Lauren or something like that on shop floor, you're probably going to be doing a, a bloody four and a half hour run before you get lunch. So you're yeah. not going to be eating every two hours. It just doesn't work like that. So does meal timing, to eat the importance of it, um, it's, it's a one percenter, you know? It's a one percent. Now make sure you're doing all of the ninety percent before you worry about that last ten percent, which is made up of ones. That's my answer. one thing I will try and say is a really big important thing for me is try and eat before you work out at least. I know that you may be finishing late for work and things like that. Just do me a favor, try and get some good nutrition in before you train. Not only just mentally you're gonna know you've eaten, you're gonna have like energy there, but you know, physio physiologically it's gonna be there. You know, you, we want to replenish as much as we can and be ready because you're in the gym for say two hours you don't want to be burnt out after an eight ten twelve hour shift with loads of traffic and trying to set personal goals in the gym and complete them are you going to be able to do that running off empty stomach chances are no you're you're almost taking not step, taking steps backwards but you're taking smaller steps forwards than you could have and yeah just find your balance is <laughs> an easy way i'll say it a lot over the course of this podcast and just if you can find it namaste enjoy it and get it in. right then i think that's a wrap up on the first episode guys uh we are going to try i make, loved it we are going to try and make this a weekly a weekly thing um providing that al don't let me down i won't i won't <laughs> it's all right for me living the online coach life i'm i'm at my computer all day anyway so <laughs> i will get off the xbox 
Yeah, yeah. Don't ever leave, don't ever let me catch you calling this for COD. No, it's okay. Um, I'm really excited about getting more people involved with this. And anyone that listens, I don't care who you are, if we know each other or not, if you've got a question you want to answer, you want to even come on here and talk about it, you are going to be welcome to do so. And because I, I could talk to anyone, and that's what I love about being me. I'll talk to anyone, you know, I'll breeze for days. George knows this. We saw that in a weekend. <laughs> so Obviously, we'll put, uh, obviously, my Instagram tag is Alexander, that's what we E-R, underscore, becoming, that's B-C-O-M-I-N-G. Um, if you can't find me by typing it out, I'm sure you find me through George's Instagram, which, um, is it G-W underscore physique? No, G-W physique, all one word, G-W, G-W physique. Mm-hmm. As you find either of us there on socials, you reach out to us anytime, questions, yeah, just welcome course, show some love on the youtube channel i've just started putting out some uh, trying to use it for educational content but there will be some more enjoyable videos some day in the lives um i've got one to wrap up of our show weekend meow um i mean zoe and that obviously i'm going away on holiday for the week so i'm sure i'll get some good training content and stuff so yeah hit up my youtube channel any likes and subscribes are appreciated guys and uh yeah we'll see you again next week perfect love guys see you later peace